If you uh, have your precious Bible, would you please open them tonight to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to try to finish up our thought that we started on last week. I want to emphasize a few things that I hope will be helpful. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we have defined the word steward. Our theme this year is that it is required... And stewards that the man be found faithful. So if that's going to be our theme, we have to understand what a steward is. And so we have defined stewards. It's a manager or an overseer we've been entrusted with. Uh, we've been entrusted with. The Apostle Paul said in verse number 2, if you look there in verse 1, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now I've tried to explain the context uh, he's writing to a very troubled church. They've been fighting, bickering back and forth, and they've actually even uh, pitted uh, some competition between the actual servants of Paul and Apollos. And uh, he just basically said to this church, you're carnal, you're full of strife. And they were judging him. And though he deals with that here in chapter 4, he says, "Is with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. He's not saying that they're of no importance to him, but in other words, he's saying, look, you might judge me, but he says here in verse number 5 that truly and really all that matters is the Lord's going to be my final judge. And so he says, he's talking about being the steward. He said, I want you to notice that we are, account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So stewards are what? A manager, an overseer they've been entrusted with. Specifically in this verse, the mysteries of God. And we've talked about that. That means it's simply a mystery to some people, lost people, the mystery of salvation. The church is a mystery. But God says we've been entrusted. Paul said we've been entrusted. We're, we're, we're stewards of these things. We're stewards of his godliness in 1 Timothy. We're stewards of his will in the book of Ephesians. We're stewards of the church. These are the mysteries that God's speaking of here. Now, we talked about this. If we're going to understand stewardship, we're going to understand our theme that faithfulness is required, then we must understand the issue of ownership. A steward is not an owner. So we've made this very clear. The Bible says, Every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills is the Lord. He says, What? Know ye not that ye your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So let me just say, we have to understand, if we're going to be the right kind of stewards, we have to understand that, listen, we're not even ourselves. We don't own ourselves. We are gods. We're gods. Now here's the whole thing. If we are completely convinced that God owns everything, then we better be careful what we're doing with his stuff. That's the theme. If you believe that you're God, you better be careful the way you just flippantly make a decision because it's not yours. Now, I've tried to explain it this way. We all understand this. We just was able to go and live in another man's house for a week. We were able to go into his property. It was not my property. I didn't walk in on that property like I owned it. I didn't own that. I didn't walk in that house like I owned it. Why? Because it wasn't mine. And I wanted to make sure that the owner of that house, we left that house better than when we found it. Why? Because I understand the principle of ownership with people's property. 
So if an old, dumb West Virginia boy can understand the principle of someone else's property, I'm going to tell you right now, I can promise you I understand that God owns everything and we better be careful what we do with his stuff. We're stewards of things. By the way, every parent here, you're a steward of your children. They're not yours. God says they're a heritage of the Lord. He's given you a wonderful responsibility to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. You know what that word means? He's a heritage of the Lord. It means he's loaned them to you. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You show me some parents that understand that principle. I'll show you parents that will definitely strive to be careful what they do and how they handle his stuff. He's the owner. So we have to understand the issue of ownership. We have to understand the issue of obedience. It says found faithful. Now let's just be honest. Here's our problems. <laughs> this is where we come into problems because look, do I believe that he owns my body? Do we believe that he owns my bank account? Do we believe that he owns our buildings? Does he really owe, does he really own and, and own the first place in our hearts? Does he own the first day of our week? Does he own the first part of our day? Do we believe that he owns the first part, the first 10% of our gross income? Absolutely, because he's the owner, we're the stewards. So why would we not want to be the right kind of steward? It's very simple. Number one, we're either ignorant of it, or number two, we just simply don't want to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's most of our problems. We're just big kids. Why do we discipline our children? Why do we try to help our children to do the right thing? Because they have flesh. They don't want to do what they're told. And by the way, I've learned that we're all adults that are children. We don't like to do what our owner tells us to do. We like to do it our way. We like to do it our way. But God says that we are to be stewards of if we believe he owns it all, then we need to understand he asks us to obey and to submit to his ownership. So we talked about that. And let's just be honest, our greatest struggle is obeying our creator, our owner's desires and will. So he tells us that we, if we're going to own obedience, if we're going to understand the issue of obedience, we have to have the right attitude. And I spent a lot of time on that this morning. And that's important. You know, we can get people to do things, but that's not what God wants. He doesn't want us, we can get people to conform to things. But that's really not obedience. Obedience comes with an attitude from the heart. For instance, the Bible says in Romans 6, 17, But God, thank, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. There's the attitude. There's the attitude. You know, I've never tried to pastor a church to try to get people to do something because I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a heart to do it, you're not going to do it long. We're not going to have the right attitude about things. And by the way, the right attitude comes from the right heart. I've learned this. Anytime I've ever gotten in trouble and I've not obeyed the Lord, it's because I haven't had the right attitude. But I will tell you this, the greatest blessings in my life is when my heart was affected and I obeyed for the right motive and that was out of an attitude of gratitude and because I love the one who has desired me to do certain things. So if we're going to obey, yes, it does show love. Disobedience shows, disobedience shows yeah, we don't love like we should love. I want you to think about a marriage. 
What if I had an attitude towards my wife that I had, I'm going to do it, well, that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't have any. I'm going to tell you, that's why most marriages ain't making it today. They're doing things out of duty, but they ought to have a heart full of love. The Bible says here, out of love. That's an attitude. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. God affects the heart. So if we're going to be the right kind of stewards, we're going to obey. We're going to have the right kind of attitude. And by the way, we've got to struggle with that because we don't always have the right attitude. But if we have the right attitude as the right kind of stewards, then we're going to obey. And by the way, it's first going to show up with our attitude, and then there's going to be an action to it. The Bible tells us here in Luke chapter 6, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? Now, isn't that a good question? Boy, talk comes cheap, doesn't it? You know, I can say to somebody all day long, I love them, but you know what they're really going to look for? How I show them I love them. There's going to be action. And that's exactly what the Lord said. He said, why are, you, why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and you're saying Master, Master, but yet you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. So we understand that obedience not only has to deal with attitude, but it must come with action. So we will be the right kind of stewards, and that required in a steward that they must be found faithful. We're going to be faithful. We have to understand that a steward is not an owner. We understand stewards must be obedient, but what does the operation of a steward look like? And God lays it out here for us in verse 2. They must be found faithful. Not knowledgeable. Not a know-it-all, not blonde hair, blue eyes. He said, if you're going to be the right kind of steward, you must be found faithful. And I love God's example of that. His requirement is faithfulness because everyone in this room can be faithful. I love that. So we've been given gifts to accomplish these jobs and the desires of our owner, but we must be faithful in the operation. So I'm going to give you a few things, and we're going to go to the house. I told you this morning, we've got to be faithful to his will and to his word. Very simple. That's the most basic. I mean, people say, well, why do y'all go to church all the time? Well, I've learned this. A lot of people ain't reading their Bible at home. So how are you going to know his will if you don't read his word? And so if we're going to really be the right kind of stewards and we're going to be faithful to his will, the only way we know his will by what he reveals to us in his word. He gives us the, the, the plan of life. He tell, the owner tells us in this beautiful book what he desires from us. And so we've got to be faithful to his word. We've got to be faithful. We're going to be faithful to his word. We ought to be faithful to his will. We'll know his word by, we'll know his will by his word. Then I want you to notice this. I mentioned these this morning. We ought to be faithful to church. This isn't my idea. It's God's idea. This is God's institution. It's not a building. But let me ask you this, and I really honed in on this this morning. I'm going to quickly hit it. But we ought to be faithful in praying and reading our Bible and keeping our relationship with the Lord very sweet. Man, I talked about that a lot this morning. Keeping our relationship with the Lord very sweet. By the way, every relationship has to do with communication. I would be lying to you tonight if I told you that I had the right kind of relationship with the Lord and I never talked to Him. 
And I would be lying to you tonight if I said I have the right kind of relationship with my Lord tonight if I don't ever let Him talk to me. And by the way, when we read His Word, He talks to us. When we pray, we talk to Him. It would be foolish to think that I say to you that my wife and I have a good relationship with one another and we never talk. Yet Christians say, oh, I'm in good shape with God, but it's been so long since we prayed. We're not faithful to reading His Word. We're not faithful to praying. How long will your relationship stay strong with a human being without talking to them, without listening to them? That's why it's so important. He says, if you're going to be the right kind of steward, you have to be faithful. I ask all of you that are in work, how many of you that you employ someone, how many of you are going to employ somebody and they're not faithful? Why? They're not, going to, they're not going to understand you. They're not going to be beneficial to your work. And so God has left us here to carry on his work. And all he says for us to be is faithful. But we've got to keep that lifeline of communication with the Lord open. We ought to be faithful in God's tithe. Now, you say, Pastor, you haven't mentioned money yet. Yes, through this whole thing, I've, been, I've said very little about money. But God also says we ought to be faithful. Why? Because we're going to be the right kind of stewards. We're going to fund his work. I, I couldn't imagine. I want you to think about this. I, I think about, you know, we got some men here that own some businesses. They have uh, opportunities. Some might be managers here. Well, then you're, ought to, you're going to be a little bit more invested in your business, maybe more so than the average Joe. You're probably going to give more of your time, more of your, ti- more of your uh, treasure, and more of everything. Why? Because you believe in what you have or what you're doing. You want your business to be successful. What I want to say as Christians, listen to me, we ought to be so much uh, impacted by what the Lord has done in our life and through His ministry that it's just a give me that we want to be faithful in supporting it. That's a give me. Why? Because we're pretty invested in it. I mean, he died to save me. And so if he died to save me, the whole world needs to hear the good news of the gospel. So that's why we support missionaries. That's why we take up tithe. By the way, I'm just going to let you all know, we're going to have to do a lot of things to the building this year. We found out, y'all, praise the Lord, we got a roof that's going to have to be repaired. Somebody say amen. Y'all know what that means. We've got to put a new one on there. How y'all think we're going to pay for it? I'm going to tell you how we're going to pay for it. We're going to pay for it with the tithes of God's people. So we don't have to act like we're in Africa and meet under a tree. I thank God we get to meet in a building where when it rains we don't get wet. That takes God's money. So what does that mean? We've got to be faithful and continue to keep things up so we can meet here. We've got to keep the buses running. We've got to keep things going. Why? Because we're invested in it. We're stewards of getting God's work out to the community, we ought to be faithful to God's tithe. Hey, we got to be faithful with our time. Now, this is where I'm convicted. Conviction right here. How much time do we spend doing things that really, and by the way, I'm not against having fun. I have a lot of fun. I think everybody ought to have fun, but I want you to know we ought to be faithful with our time. Can I say we ought to be faithful with our treasures? We're going to be the right kind of stewards, treasures. Hey, we ought to be faithful with our talents. I mentioned last week, I was talking about this, and I remember uh, Mr. Stephen Pilkington, he's in heaven now, but he was given a a, a guitar, and I just happened to be standing there when the man said, I'll give you this guitar if you'll use it for the Lord's work. Well, that bothered me. That offended me. I'm like, well, if you're going to give it to him, don't tell him what to use it for. But you know what? I know better now. 
That man was trying to encourage him to use the talents that God gave him for him. And by the way, Brother Nate sent me a text later on that night. He said, I want you to know I have two trumpets. They were both given to me. And the reason they were given was because the men that asked me, that gave them to me, said, if we give them to you, we want you to use your talent for the Lord. I think that's a pretty wise thing because you're safe using your talents for the Lord. By the way, he gave them to you. You ought not rob him of them. The world ought to get your, I mean, the world ought to get a whole lot less of your talents than the Lord does. But sadly, we live in a day where the world gets most Christians' talents. Can I say we ought to be faithful with our thought life? Now, this is where it gets down to the nitty gritty. Yes, listen to me now. I want y'all to listen. Faithful in our thought life. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been here. And by the way, I'm preaching to me. Listen, I've been saved a long time. I've been in the ministry a long time. And I'm going to tell y'all something right now. My greatest enemy is me. And I just want y'all to know, I'll confess y'all tonight, my thought life has not always been right. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We better be faithful to absolutely, absolutely giving every thought to the captivity of Christ. We ought to be faithful to our thought life. Hey, we ought to be thoughtful to, we ought to be faithful to witness. We've been left here. If God just wanted us to get saved and go to heaven, he did already took us. We have a work to do. If you know the gospel, you have the cure for sin. I wonder how many are we telling? And I hear so much about the gospel today and people talking about it, but I don't hear very many people doing anything with it. I'm being honest. I don't see a whole lot of people going out here and absolutely giving. And by the way, I'm preaching to me. It's been a while since I've been up here to Walmart and just stand out there and hand out tracts to give the gospel. I know we hear a lot about say, well, the gospel's the main thing, but the truth is, are we faithful to give it? I'll go back here and see if these track racks are empty. And by the way, every time I preach on this, I praise God. I go back there and the track racks are empty. Are we faithful to witness? Are we faithful to give it to our waitress or waiter? Are we faithful to give it to someone? So, oh, well, Pastor, they live in Chattanooga. They've already gotten the gospel. Well, you never know. It might be the perfect time God's ordained that thing at that moment, and it's the very time they're ready to hear what you have to say or to read what you give. Can I say we ought to be faithful to witness? Can I say, I want to park here a minute, and I'm probably going to close. We better be faithful to be teachable. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go a little... Now, I'm picking, but there's a little bit of truth to this. I told pick with the choir tonight. I said, man, I'm hurting. And he was like, why? Saban retired. Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to be spiritual. I don't want y'all to think I'm running off on her. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Please stay with me. Because in the light of things, to be truthful with you, football really don't matter. So let's just be honest. But we're human, and we like to pick around. And I said, I'm hurting because Saban. And then someone said, I think it was Jeremy, he said, well, do you like who they hired? And I'm going to tell you, there's two reasons why I like the man they hired. Number one, he said that he didn't only want to help these men know how to play football. He said he'd like to help them spiritually. So I looked him up. I wanted to find out what kind of faith he had. Now, he will not disclose his faith. 
But everything I read about the man, they said he makes sure that everything he does, his Christian faith has something to do with it. But that encouraged me. But you know what I liked about him the most? He walked in there, and and here was the thing. Nick Saban and his wife were sitting there on the front row, and here's what I like. I know you are probably thinking, really, that's it? This is what encouraged me. You know what he said? He honored Nick Saban and his wife, and he said, I am ready to hear anything I can hear from Nick Saban. I'm ready for him to help me every day with something. Now, this is an accomplished coach. He just went to the national championship, but I want you to know something. There is something that is powerful about being teachable. Teachable. We have to be faithful to being teachable. So I'm going to tell you something. You will not be a good steward if you or I think we have arrived. You have to be teachable. Oh, I know that. Well, good. How much are you doing it? How has it affected your life? Truthfully. Faithful to be teachable. Are you teachable? You you can only answer that question. But I'm going to tell you something. I think there's something to this. Our churches are in a mess because there's people that think they know much and they need to learn more. By the way, I'll be the first to tell you that. I've learned from children. I'm just going to go in that stuff. I've learned from people I don't even like. I've learned from people that I don't even like. I've learned from people that are younger than me. I've learned from people's failures. I've learned from people's mistakes. I've learned from other people's successes. Look, I've learned from my mistakes. Be teachable. Be faithful in it. By the way, you've got to work at that. Now, I said this. Do you know what's killing our churches? Y'all know Jimmy Horton's in Arizona. And uh, they've gotten in contact with me down there at Team Challenge. And they've asked me to come down there and speak. I'm excited about going down there and speak. I'm going to tell you why. Those people down there are hungry. They are fighting for their life. Now here's the problem. We should be. Y'all with me? Y'all understand what I'm saying? We should have the same attitude. But sadly, we don't. Oh, I've heard that. Oh, I know that and everything. No, them old boys, they're clinging to it. Because you know what? Can I just say this? This was powerful. Laura and I went to that graduation down there, and I heard something that was so powerful from one of those men, one of those counselors. He said, what we try to teach these men is, yes, they might have addictions. But here's what they said. But their greatest addiction is themselves. They have to get over themselves first. That's so powerful. Because see, when we surrender everything to the Lord and we realize, Lord, I don't know anything, you know everything, and we stay humble and and pliable and teachable, oh, what a great steward. If I could ask these men that are managers or own a business, I guarantee you, y'all like men that are what? Teachable. 
Because if you can hire somebody that's teachable, you know you're going to be okay because they're going to do it the way you want it done. And by the way, here's where we get in trouble. We get away from the way God wants it done and we start doing it ourselves because we think we're the teacher. God help us. Be faithful to be teachable. Then as I close, be faithful to the gospel and his body of doctrine. God's given us beliefs. He's given us a body of beliefs that we have found and we know comes from the word of God. And they'll be tested. One that's tested is your salvation. There are so many different thoughts on how somebody could be saved. You know, my friend up here up the road, you know, he loves to debate. He wants to fight. He wants to argue all the time. Oh, yes, I know. I believe you got to trust Jesus as your Savior. But then you got to go up here and get baptized. I said, in, in my church. He said, oh, no, can't be in your church because it's not valid. It's got to be done in our church. And I said, boy, I'd like to find that in the Word of God. Somebody say amen. You know what, though? That guy got me, man. I, I got to talk to him. And man, I mean, it shook me. And you know what it did? Man, I went straight to the Word of God. I said, Mark, do you believe what the Bible teaches? And I want y'all to know something. The more I studied, the more confident I got that what we got's right. Though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be washed white as snow. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, I want you to know, I'm as clear, I'm as settled on the doctrine of salvation, you're not going to shake me. I want to be faithful to the gospel. I want to be faithful to the body of doctrine that we believe that the Bible teaches we got to be faithful to it because we're living in an unfaithful world. Now, as I conclude tonight, quickly, remember God put us on earth to be stewards to fulfill His goals. His goals, not ours. Remember, we're not the owners. We're stewards. So remember, God put us on earth to be stewards. Don't forget that, church. Stewards fulfilling His goals. Here it is, His desires. What's he want? Before you make a decision tomorrow, say, Lord, will you give me clearance on that? Can I find that clear command in your word? And in those gray areas, what we think might be gray areas, God will give us a principle. He'll give us a leading. Oh, Lord, help me. I want to fulfill your desire. And as proper stewards, we will find ourselves exalting the Savior. We will find ourselves edifying the saints. Can I ask y'all, when's the last time y'all encouraged somebody that's down? Look, man, it don't take long in this world to get beat down. We need to start encouraging people. If we're, if we're going to be faithful stewards, we're going, to, we're going to be looking to others. We're going to try to exalt the Savior. We're going to edify the saints. Hey, we're going to evangelize the sinners. We're going to try to give the gospel. And listen, we're going to be an example to society. So I want to be the right kind of steward. Now, I'm just telling y'all, this was, I guess, back in the Ice Age. But back in the 90s, I got hired on at Dial America Marketing Company. I got on the phones. I was one of them people that called and bugged y'all all the time. But after a while, they put me up as a supervisor. And then they made me an assistant branch manager. So I started doing the hiring and the firing. I started interviewing people. And it was amazing. They gave me a checklist. 
of things to look for when people came in. Now, some of them I didn't need to know, but some of them were interesting. And I'll never forget, one of the guidelines is that say, look, take special note of how that person comes and attends and appears for the interview. I'll never forget it. One particular day I walked in there. Man, the whole, the whole building smelled like something Italian. I'm like, what in the world? They said, well, you've got two people in there in the interview room come said you set up an interview for. They're in there eating fazolis. They, they stunk up the whole building. I walk in there and sure enough, I already knew before I walked in there, probably won't be hiring them. And you're right, I didn't. You say, oh, you're being, no. They kind of told me what kind of workers they were going to be. They didn't care whether they got the job or not. Somebody say amen. So the way you live your life and the way I live my life in this world, it matters. We ought to be the right kind of example. Would all of y'all agree? So in other words, if y'all going to go get hired, don't go order Fazoli's and bring it to the interview room with you. By the way, I'm going to be honest, I, I, had a, I, had, I didn't know it, but she was a school teacher. I set up an interview for her. She come in there. I said it for a certain amount of time. Guess what? She showed up 15 minutes late. And I thought, dear God, she's leading our children. Hey, listen, I said, guess what? I probably didn't hire her either because if she can't make it there for the interview and not even call, I had a feeling she probably will not care much about the job. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, those things now seem like, oh, you're being judgmental of people. No, some things are just common sense. If we're going to be the right kind of stewards, if we're going to be the right kind of managers, if we're going to be entrusted with the mysteries of God, it matters the kind of example that we set. Would you all agree? God help us to help all of us to be the right kind of stewards. Amen. What we have in the gospel and the work of God is so very important, isn't it? Let's be the right stewards and let's be found faithful. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask, they'll play something on the piano. I'm going to ask right where you stand. Would you just pray? I don't know specifically in your life. What could we be better faithful to or more faithful in? I know I got emotional this morning. I, I just said, look, you better guard your Christian life. You better guard your personal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be faithful in keeping your relationship with the Lord so very sweet. It's not something you can put in cruise control. Some will tell you you'll get in trouble very, very quickly. God help us to be faithful to the one who loves us. Amen right kind of stewards Heavenly Father we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your grace Lord I do pray we know the Apostle Paul was trying to get them to understand that he was judged of no man that ultimately he was going to be judged by you but Lord he did want them to understand that they should look at him as a steward of the mysteries of God and he said the one requirement of that steward was to be found faithful so not just in money but Lord in all of our life help us now that is such a struggle with our flesh but I pray you give us the victory and I pray you'll help us to take these things and apply them to our lives 
For we ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. God bless you. Get home. Be safe. Pray for snow, but after everybody gets home. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.